Hello and welcome to All You Ever Wanted to Know. I am Jordan Patswell. The municipal election in Yorkton is coming up and we have an opportunity to get to chat extensively with both of the mayoral candidates in the city of Yorkton for this upcoming election. Mitch Hipsley is our guest today on the program and Mitch, it's great to have you join us. How are you doing today? I am doing well and good morning, Jordan. It's really nice to be here. and This, this is quite an opportunity for me. Thank you. Well, again, I just uh, love the fact that we can and talk a bit more at length than maybe some other opportunities that do arise during this time and be able to really dive into, uh, I know both of the candidates here running for mayor. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of big decisions, like any term, if you will, but now we can really get to what really goes behind some of those decisions, really get into things extensively if it's needed to really talk about some of those things so people can make that best decision on who they want to vote for. So again, Mitch Hipsley, our guest today, and also opportunities as well to hear from the other candidate in the future. So let's uh, begin with the very, very basics. Uh, just tell us about yourself, Mitch, introduce us uh, to you. Uh, conclusively, I'm a product of Yorkton, Jordan. I was born in Yorkton along with my siblings. I was raised here and received all my education here as well. I got married in Yorkton and raised all my four daughters here. Um, it's interesting, you know, my grandfather, Bert Hipsley, used to make deliveries for the Hudson's Bay Company that's right on the corner there of 2nd and Broadway using a horse and buggy. And my father served in World War II for seven years. While growing up, I was uh, working already at the age of eight, delivering newspapers six days a week before school for Ruth Shaw of the Leader Post. And what a great lady she was. I continued working and my work ethic with numerous business owners in town. Norma Keeman, Ted Hearn, Jim Corlick, Gordon Obuck, Moore Stacky, just to name a few. These were extremely community-minded business people and community people that taught me a lot. And I still apply many of their practices. As an adult, I worked for a national menswear chain and uh, was manager. I was also a board member for the credit union. I sat on various church committees. I serve and did still serve the professional photographers of Canada, coast to coast. Uh, in 84, my wife and I opened our photography studio downtown, and that has supported us and my whole family uh, right up till today. It really is our only source of income until I actually became a um, counselor for the city of Yorkton. Uh, the work and commitment gave me a real deep sense of value of money, and that has held strong with me today. I still believe that uh, one must earn their pay. Great. Well, I uh, want to dive into a little bit more about uh, you being an incumbent counselor, of course. Uh, so what led you to take that extra step into wanting to make that run for mayor? And genuinely curious, uh, we had an incumbent candidate in uh, Mayor Bob Maloney. Sorry, uh, he chose not to become an incumbent candidate, uh, creating this opportunity that it would be... Uh, someone new, I guess, into the mayor's chair. So do you think you still would have come to this decision to run for mayor had incumbent, uh, or had he been incumbent mayor, Bob Maloney, uh, going for the chair ultimately? Yeah, great question. Um, I gave this a lot of thought. And um, I actually have to say, after I ran for council for four years ago to, li to, to listen and learn about how the process was done, I made a decision a few months ago that yes, I would have ran even if Mr. Maloney uh, would not have run. Um, I was just a very frustrated taxpayer four years ago and now after four years, 
perhaps maybe even more so. I would have run against him all the same. My philosophy is just simply different because actually in business, it changes how one really thinks and how what you especially spend. I've known Bob since junior high school. I, uh, him and I played basketball together under Tony Hayden, the famous basketball coach. Proud of that. I like and respect Bob. Bob is a good guy, and he and his family have given a lot uh, to Yorkton. Next time you see Bob, thank him, please. And when you see him with Diane, him and out having a real life again, it'll be great to, to experience that. All right. Well, let's get into some of that platform then, uh, I guess, from when you ran for councillor to now as running for mayor. Has anything changed for what you feel you stand for? Um, well, I guess really it's, it's really about raising taxes that uh, has really, really caught my eye more than ever. Um, raising tax is simply not an automatic thing to do just because you need more money. Uh, you, I, I really found myself these last four years really questioning overspends. Um, and of course, I come to the table with my own thought process, as we all should. There are seven people there, and that's our job, you know. But uh, I'm even more frustrated four years later. I mean, let's talk about it. It was suggested uh, to us that probably to think about going up 3% every year just to cover costs and inflationary measures and so on and so to speak. Well, let's talk about that. 3 plus 3 plus 3 plus 3 in four years is 12%. Well, do we all get 12% increases in our payroll? I, I don't think so. I mean, that's an easy question to answer. Um, personally, in our business, it's just simply not the way it works. And in the real world, you just learn to spend less, uh, question more on all matters. And of course, Jordan, you know, COVID's here. I mean, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. No one wants to hear that word. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm, I'm sick and tired of it too. But it's our new reality. So that's going to affect everything. It's already shown how much we've affected the country. The country affects the province. Province affects the city. And we've all gotten really nice support now. That's going to change. So it's uh, a very negative thing. And, and really, I feel that we should have to really pull back wherever we can and see where we end up. It might take another year to really show up, too. Right now, it's obscured. Uh, I uh, I won't go on and on about that. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Again, all you ever wanted to know today, we are chatting with candidate running in the mayoral race here in the city of Yorkton, Mitch Hipsley, on all you ever wanted to know. So want to then take it a bit further with some of, the, again, that experience that you now have on council, uh, the four years that you spent there. What are some of those things that you've taken away from that time on council that you've uh, absorbed and learned that now best prepare you to potentially a, a promotion, if you will, to the mayor's chair? Well, the, the biggest thing is the education I received on the mechanics and the protocols and the processes of how a city is run. Um, I saw how change takes time in a bureaucratic regime, as this is. You know, where I come from, you need to fix something, you go and fix it. And uh, in that world, you cannot. It, it's a slow process. Uh, I really witnessed how money in general... Uh, probably could have been questioned a little more and the information on making money spends could have been, I guess, investigated a little bit more. And quite frankly, 
I, I think there just needs to be more conversations and questions on any matter. And if it takes more time, so what? It's our job. That's why we were hired by the taxpayers. And let me just rephrase myself here. The customers of Yorkton. Taxpayers are the people that pay the final bill. They're the customers. They're the reason that we are here. So we should be listening. And if you need to spend more time, that's your job. All right. Anything more to add in terms of that question? Um, probably I can go on too long. <laughs> <laughs> there is the opportunity. I just want to make sure I don't jump too far ahead unless there was more you wanted to yeah, add to the answer. Yeah, I, I'm good for now. If I come, I'll think of it. All so, right. Yeah. No problem. Well, uh, both of you and the other candidate, uh, Aaron Keenley, are business owners in our city. And that does bring, obviously, uh, I guess that... Uh, viewpoint of what it's like to be a business owner and then also additionally the municipal taxpayer if you will in that regard but going back to your business how do you plan to take on the challenge of running the business while also being mayor uh, if successful come a couple weeks well again you know just to reiterate um, being in business for 37 years really grooms you a lot on uh, many matters and just because of my commitment and my love for our city, uh, I'm at a, I feel I'm at an, a perfect age to move on and contribute. So a big turning point decision for my, myself and my wife, we will be scaling back our studio 80-90% of our service delivery and I will continue to be that creative artist that I've always been when I do have time. Uh, we'll still be looking after certain annual projects if it does not infringe on being um, on the city. Being a mayor will become a full-time job and a complete commitment, which I seriously have taken into account before I took the plunge, Jordan. As a councillor, it's very different. Mayor Maloney always told us councillors when we began, everyone, family first, business second, and council third. And I commended him for that because I believed in that as well. However, as becoming a mayor, it's going to be a lot different because it will change and it'll become family first, city second, and business will be last, of course. So as a mayor, my day-to-day life will change adversely. All right. Well, uh, some difficult decisions uh, were made by a city council in the last four years. Uh, had a lot of go both ways by very small margins, if you will. So I uh, wanted to give both uh, candidates, uh, as we discussed uh, with Aaron uh, previously, uh, what went behind some of the personal votes when it comes to some of these matters. Uh, again, the beauty of this program is to take as much time as you'd like to explain. I think sometimes people think a vote one way automatically means with 100% that it means this. Well, here's your chance. It's to really, really get behind what went behind some of the votes that you made in the last few years in your time on council. Uh, so let's talk a bit about annual budgets and, uh, as you've pointed to, those tax increases that have happened in the last few years. So uh, let's begin there. Uh, when it comes to those budgets, those tax increases, we'll start there uh, with how you shaped your vote for some of those things. Yes, well, you know, I, I'm very proud of what we have for protective services, and I do believe that um, our, the city of Yorkton is a very safe place to live. Um, I know we've had a few incidents, but I think any center will, whether you're a small town or big city or a small city. It's all going to have, have its own situations. Uh, however, um, a lot of focus is put on that, and I agree with it. Uh, we have incredible 
good people on Fire Protective Services. Uh, I am an absolute fan of the RCMP, and I am so proud of that uh, whole organization, so to speak, and lucky us to have them here. So in speaking about budgets, they take a huge uh, chunk out of that uh, pie, so to speak. Um, but, you know, we do have to be careful and we do have to manage them. And I, I think we're getting good value for what we spend. The education tax is just something we collect. And unfortunately, uh, we don't get to keep any of that money, not even a collection fee or a, or a tariff or anything. We just collect it on behalf of the province and we give 100% of the money collected goes to them. So there's three huge pieces of the pie uh, gone before we even start talking about that. So um, when the smoke clears, when you look at the pie, and I encourage everyone to go to our new website, uh, it's really incredible. I kind of feel we're looking at a real big city. It's It's been done very, very well, and will probably stand the test of time for many years to come. But they should, I encourage them, go to www.yorkton.ca and check out what their money has done for our city because it represents us very well. In that, it'll do a real quick breakdown of where does your money go, really. So having said that, um, it's, uh, it's a responsibility that you have to yourself because, I mean, you don't go into a store and, and pay for things unless you know what you're paying for. So um, that being said, we'll just move on to something else. I mean, you've got a few more questions on that one. Okay, no yeah. problem. Uh, with uh, the new public works building, yep. that again, uh, an issue that uh, was brought back and forth, lots of different council meetings, different votes and so forth. Uh, what was your take, how that whole situation unfolded and what went behind to some of your votes when it came to that issue in particular? Well, I'll tell you, Jordan, that was a that was a good one. That was very interesting, and I'm sure all seven of us had many sleepless nights trying to figure that one out. Um, just for our public, I just wanted to define the public works building. It is the building on York Road that's that yellow tin-looking building. It's gone now. It's just a, a work site, so to speak, because I even get people saying, so what is that building? Where is that? It's down on York Road, and we're redefining it now to become the Civic Operations Building. It was the City Works Building. So that being said, this project started a very, very long time ago. I'm told about 12 years, and I believe the past, and I believe 12 years ago, that was it. And the city couldn't find the right fit or spend back then for many reasons. The costs were too high, and there were other projects being done, and it simply kept getting pushed back for the next year. Well, 2016 rolled around, and we came on board, and it was really kind of only suggested that we take a good hard look at that. This project just needed to be addressed, and it now had slipped into a state of disrepair. Uh, the employees, um, the workers were just in a, in a really bad work environment. They, they were. I mean, it was quite uh, deplorable and disappointing. And I just want to say something for a minute here. You know, our city workers are the people that keep us going here. I mean, every time you go down your road, you, you assume the road's going to be plowed, the potholes are going to be fixed, the grass is going to be cut, and so on and so forth. Um, when you see these people... Stop and say hi, maybe buy them a coffee and just say thank you because I'm a huge fan of them and I think that they deserve a lot more attention than they get. Um, I know we're so quick to find other reasons to complain, but 
they're doing their job very well. I'm proud of them. So just say thank you to them next time you see them. Anyways, back to this. Uh, unanimously, council of present day unanimously uh, agreed that we needed to get something done, and we began the process of getting information. Um, I have utmost um, feeling that it was going to move forward well. But uh, as we started compiling numbers and looking at project designs and so on, we had all agreed that we were going to spend X amount of dollars and say this is about what we think we can afford. And basically, we uh, kept, the cost kept going up and up and up and up. So that's where everything started, the wheels started falling off on us all unanimously agreeing on this. Um, our biggest concern was this build would, have, would be affecting the city's spending substantially for the next 15 years, Jordan. So we tried to pull that back, and uh, some of us, um, feel, well, obviously we were quite split, and that went back and forth. It was quite interesting. So because of the 15 years, we were hoping that we could maybe um, sink ourselves in for 10 years, not 15, because the other five years is going to affect our spending adversely on just even little things, you know. Um, it, it has become one of our most highest spends in the history of Yorkton. Not the highest, but one of the highest. All right. Uh, then that's all you would want to share then about yeah, that particular you know, it's, one? Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful facility. I right. Mean, uh, Ultimately, it did, it, 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 it did get green it, light. I'm sorry. It, yeah. it did go through. Uh, it was uh, extremely controversial, and, and I still have citizens uh, coming to me and saying, so what happened? Like, we don't even really know why. Um, of course, um, my personal feeling was it was an overspend, and I would have liked to spend a little less. However, I respect the fact that uh, it is what it is, and it's a go. So let's just move forward. All right. Uh, then another one of uh, maybe this wasn't uh, so difficult uh, to uh, to push through, but I know funding did come down the line uh, for the Yorkton Ex Exhibition Grandstand. Uh, I know there's been also different other different projects in the community, uh, Heritage Brick Mill, for example. So when it comes to votes on those particular projects, uh, what's your usual stance on helping out with some of those uh, projects, I guess we'll call them. Well, it's interesting. As simple or as, as as similar as they are, they're very different. So speaking specifically about the uh, grandstand, sure. the exhibition board is a, a really a, a great group of people that have been in Yorkton since the beginning of time of Yorkton. Um, and it was determined that it was becoming a very unsafe facility and something had to be done. If it was torn down, um, to build a new one would simply be way too much money and probably would never happen. Um, the, ex the exhibition board are a group of dynamic and dedicated individuals who have taken on the personal task of raising money and only asking the city for approximately 30-40%, which really is fantastic that someone's going to get behind it. You've got to remember, everyone, that uh, the grandstand is city-owned property. So when a big group of people that are very committed come to the table and they want to basically throw a lot of skin into the game and we get basically uh, 40% or 40 $40%, it's uh, fantastic. Instead of 100% dollars that we have to give, we're only giving 30 40%. Now, another thing about the exhibition uh, or about the grandstand, that it's a big part of the package 
of what we offer the city of Yorkton and the, the Gallagher Center Fairgrounds. Um, it hosts events, our annual fair, rodeos, tractor pulls, concerts, and the Health Foundation's Rib Fest, which has become quite famous in a sense, and draws an amazing amount of people. Being a businessman, you learn that you have to spend money to get money. You just can't not spend money and expect people just to throw money at you. So to me, to keep this as a, a reason to come to Yorkton, it's very important. Not only for historical reasons, but also just it's part of the package of the fairgrounds. So uh, I'm a, a big advocate of it, and I'm really proud of these people, and I'm behind them. Mm -hmm. All right. Again, joining us on All You Ever Wanted to Know, Mitch Hipsley running for mayor. Uh, these questions, exact same questions uh, shared with the other candidate, Aaron Keenley, will also have that opportunity to appear on this uh, program and these interviews also being uploaded in their entirety. If you happen to be just be joining us, want to hear the whole thing, therock985.ca, you can find these interviews with the mayoral candidates. Uh, another issue that uh, uh, was uh, discussed extensively by council. Uh, I call it the Yorkton special <laughs> because I think it's so unique to Yorkton, but also something like this is also kind of representative of just how council might look at just issues as a whole, something like a traffic circle. <laughs> yes. uh, sure enough, uh, uh, on Darlington and Mayhew, uh, this was also discussed. So uh, bring us to, uh, I guess, when behind your thoughts when it came to this particular project. Well, you know, honestly, uh, Jordan, I believe in traffic circles. I mean, they've been in Europe for hundreds of years. They are good things. So I'm a, a fan of them when used in the right place and so on. Um, Really, you know, there there's very little maintenance as opposed to putting in traffic lights, which are actually quite expensive. And where needed, you put in traffic lights. But, of course, we'd never consider putting one in there. Now, prior to the traffic circle, we had four stop signs there that forced people to stop. Now, we have all heard stories about some people run stop signs. Well, yeah, that's going to happen at any corner. However, it forces people to stop. And when you look at it, we are in an area there that has a church and two schools. I personally was opposed to this simply because of the safety. Safety first and the unnecessary money spend. We were told it would be approximately two fifty dollars to $300,000 more extra, if, if I remember correctly. So when this was all coming up, we brought it back, or someone did. I can't remember whom. It doesn't matter. Um, we started doing our homework because we were told the experts said it was the right thing to do. Well, in any matter, you can find experts pro or con. So we took it upon ourselves to do some investigation on our own, and we called the city of Regina. I don't think people are aware that the city of Regina does not have a traffic circle in that entire city. So we asked them why. And they said simply because it's too expensive. Said stop signs work better and they're cheaper. So that was kind of the way I looked at it. Um, and it's in our provincial capital. Like, I mean, you can't really question where it is. Um, but anyways, uh, it's, it's done now. And I hopefully it turns out in the end well for us. So All right. Well, thanks again for diving into some of those topics. I know that we're... Uh 
rather interesting to say the least in the last four years on council and garnered a lot of headlines, if you will, yes. uh, during this time. Now, yeah. a project that I guess it's being examined, uh, looked at thoroughly, uh, something like Gallagher Centre, possible expansions being talked about, uh, replacing the aging Kinsman Arena. So what are the sorts of things that you're taking into consideration uh, with a vote on something like that in the future? Well, you know, I don't want to... Um sound like I'm repeating myself too much, but it always boils down to money and the city's coffers. Uh, in about a year from now, I suspect there will be a shortfall of COVID. I can't prove that, but I'm a planner. So I would like to basically uh, look ahead and have less surprises. We, we need something done for sure. I mean that. Uh, the Gallagher Centre is a gem of the parkland and it's all paid for now. At the 2020, we're going to make our final payment. If we haven't already done it, it's done. The levy that has been charged to pay that off could quite possibly be used as a parks and recreational levy for more happy and good things to bring our community and family together. We've all got used to paying this, um, like it or not, but I feel that just maybe we can keep it going and use it solely for that purpose, if it's going to be used for that purpose. Originally, we had started out thinking that this levy could sustain a new build at the Gallagher Centre as, as a second ice surface, not as a third, I want to clarify that, as a second ice surface. But as the numbers grew, we learned that the levy could not nurture that enough, which would mean a tax increase again. Um, so back to the Kinsman. The Kinsman's not going to fall down, so maybe hypothetically speaking in these uncertain times, if maybe we considered buying some time and spending two or three million or whatever in that kind of money range to fix it for now, that wouldn't be such a bad thing either. I know I've had people say, well, why would you spend money on something that's going to get torn down? Well, you know, um, at this juncture of time in the city of Yorkton again, where we really don't know where we're at, I mean, do we go out and buy a new car when our car starts breaking down? No, we fix our car. I mean, that's just something we do. So if we ad adopt that same kind of philosophy, that's uh, where I'm at. However, I love the Gallagher Center, and it's cool. I, um, I really believe in it. So I'm sort of on the fence on this, and I'd like to give you a direct, decisive decision. I can't. We're just going to keep investigating. Um, however, 2021, I'd like to see things put push pause here. That's where I'm at. All right. So, well, uh, with that, uh, when you have some of these difficult decisions that you come to, uh, what are those resources that you do choose to pursue to maybe get a little bit more information on whether it's uh, how the public is feeling about something or what the numbers look like. So how do you dive in further to then, I guess, make that decision one way or another when a difficult decision comes before you? What are those extra steps that you go to to make that final call? Well, I'm really proud of our council. You know, I what what I experienced and what I saw happening, uh, I guess I, I have no perspective to other councils, but uh, we do a lot of discussion behind the scenes. Uh, we individually talk to city employees, and I'm talking all levels of city employees, just to find out their feelings, uh, their ideas, what they know. I mean, if you really want to go down to the grassroots, you talk to the people that actually put the shovel in the dirt, you know. So we talk to all workers at all levels. 
Uh, we do call other cities and see what their views are, why they did, why they didn't, so on, so to speak. Uh, my personal profession takes me to many different cities in Western Canada and communities and see what other places do. So that helps me a lot. And it gives me a lot of perspective. I, I unfortunately or fortunately have a very open mind and I'm a bit of a visionary that way and always look at how things could be done, could be not just what they are. So I guess I look through things, rose-colored glasses, so to speak. Um, much like the people I photograph when I'm uh, doing what I do. But also we speak, probably the number one would be that I've left to the end is to the uh, user groups. These are the people that actually go and use the services of the city, whether it be a park or a hockey rink or it doesn't matter, but we talk to the real people that live here and use it. These are really in a sense, the experts that know what we need better than we do. Then, of course, we have to take that information, go back, and start investigating how to best spend our money. All right. Again, our guest on All You Ever Wanted to Know today, uh, getting to know Mitch Hipsley, mayoral candidate in the city of Yorkton. Uh, is there anything we haven't covered that maybe my questions uh, didn't address, uh, Mitch, that uh, you wanted to give a particular mention or attention to? Yeah. Well, no, this has been great. Um, you know, there's, I know I'm going to listen to this own inter my own interview and say, well, why didn't I mention this? Why didn't I mention that? <laughs> but I would be remiss if I didn't say something about our Gallagher Centre. Okay. Um, again, as you know, it's paid off. That's a wonderful feeling. But it's a real treasure. And if we get the proper blend of council, I really would like to see it even more as a go-to centre for events like concerts, tournaments of all types, conventions, etc., etc. Um, maybe purchase proper flooring to cover the ice venues so that we can do this um, as they do in larger centers in bigger cities for sports or music, and so to speak. Uh, did you know that we have one of North America's biggest and well-known concert promoters living right here in Yorkton, Rob Wallacechuk? Well, we've got a resource here that we could bring in some real quality talent to, again, become a go-to center. So the restaurants, the hotels, the shopping, and all of the people, the peripheral spin-off of business is incredible. I know that we get asked once in a while, well, gee, you know, the Gallagher Center costs us X amount of dollars a year. That's too much money. Uh, it's a real small percentage of what it spins and brings in to Yorkton from out of town. So again, you have to spend money to get money. So I'm a real fan of the Gallagher Center. I'm really proud of that. So again, back to the ice surface or any other addition that might come our way or the grandstand or whatever, I'd like to see that uh, polished and added on to and so to speak. Um, what else can I talk about? Oh, you know, this is interesting. Um, we... Oh, I, there's so many things I want to talk about here. Little simple things, you know, you're going to say, well, this is, people might say, well, what's that? Well, it's, it's important. I, I get numerous phone calls from uh, our customers or taxpayers, as people call them, that say, how come our phones aren't being picked up enough? I always get left with a message machine. I'd like to see us pick that up and give people more quicker responses, 
maybe give our city employees uh, timelines of how much time they have to get back to these people that are calling in and needing things answered. Um, that's just such a simple little thing that is got to be addressed soon. Uh, I get people calling me about York Road. Well, that's another one. I mean, it has just been bit, beaten up and butchered by the, the trucks. And that brings a lot of revenue into the city. So it's, it's a tough one. But people need to know that it's not only the city of Yorkton's responsibility. It's, we're, we're uh, responsible for 10% of repairing that. The province has to come to the table with the 90%. It's an inter-highway uh, connector, it's called. And we're going to have to do something. Right now, all we're doing is kind of patching as we need patching. So that's another thing that has to be done. Again, back to uh, our uncertain times, so to speak. We can't just automatically expect our federal government to step up or our provincial government to step up. So we must try to make our ends or make ends meet as is. So I don't have a lot of uh, uh, expectation yet. I think once things settle, then we can get back to the way it was, maybe, if there is a way it was. Um, another thing, you know, Jordan, I'd like to talk about a little bit here, is perhaps with the new city council, we should consider going back to our meetings every two weeks. It used to be that way, and then we, current council, decided to go every three weeks. And, and it's got its merits, too, don't get me wrong. It allows our city administration people to gather information and prepare better and just basically be more ready, I guess you would say. However, what it does is it delays the process 50% on all matters. So again, you know, maybe there might be a developer coming to town, maybe there's going to be a bylaw requirement changed, whatever, excuse me. Um, I would very much be open to talk about this more with the new council if I'm elected as well. Um, I think it's uh, kind of an obligation and a responsibility to the people of Yorkton if they would like to see that. I'd like to hear some feedback on that, which brings up a whole other point too. Um, and you can stop me anytime if you want. I, um, I really appreciate the communication that's coming in. I think it's gotten better from our citizens. But we need to hear more from you. Um, I know people are a little bit shy and kind of almost scared to approach a counselor or the mayor or whatever. Don't be. They're just regular people like you and me. Um, there's really nothing different about them. Um, as in my profession, I one-on-one, -on -one, I'm way better with people. I'm probably one of the most approachable people you'll ever meet and bump into. So you can always come and talk to me. Um, just wanted to toss in a few more things here in case I forget something. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, a phone call or a conversation doesn't mean that it's a complaint. It just means it's more of an observation, you're concerned about something, or maybe you're just happy with something. Phone and tell people that too. Um, it works both ways.
All right. Well, wonderful. Uh, before we wrap things up today, just given the political climate, it seems like we have election, election, election everywhere we look. Yeah. It seems like yes. over the last while, of course. And uh, we've seen a lot of the, the nasty side of it, if you will, I think yeah. is, a, is a polite way of putting it. So, I mean, I just wanted to include something and incorporate this into my own interviews yeah. with the municipal candidates here about something nice about your opponent. Yes. Uh, I think uh, it's something we've lost, I think, in this in this political world that uh, is out here. So, uh, I, again, I, I asked everything here today of the other candidate, Aaron Keenly. So, he had to say something nice about you. So, <laughs> flipping it around then, uh, what's something you, I guess, uh, would like to say there about uh, Aaron Keenly? Hey, I think this is a great question. I really do. And thanks for asking it. Aaron's a very, very friendly guy and has a beautiful young family. Um, he's kept the citizens of Yorkton very well informed on city events on Facebook, and he's a great communicator. So he's done well as a councillor for the city of Yorkton. Well, thanks so much then uh, for that then, Mitch. Again, Mitch Hipsley, our guest on All You Ever Wanted to Know, candidate running for mayor here in the city of Yorkton. Uh, it's one final opportunity here. I know uh, you uh, did take my opportunity to uh, talk about some other things. Uh, anything, though, to close? Yes, thank you. I, You know, Jordan, I just wanted to comment here that, um, again, uh, we chose to stay in the city of Yorkton because I love this town, and I do. And I'm very proud of our people. You know, lucky us to have so many good people that are always ready to step up to any task of helping us, helping out. People are the heart of a community. Business is the backbone, and schools are the catalyst. It's really interesting, but almost everyone in our town is only one or two phone calls away. They say in the world that there's only six degrees of separation, but in Yorkton, it's really one or two. Like, really, how cool is that? I mean it. It's been a real privilege to join you today, Jordan. You've, uh, you've done great, thank you, and your program. So I really appreciate that, and I wish you and Rock 98 continued success in our community, and I'm very grateful for all you do here. Thank you. Well, thank you again for being here, Mitch. It's all you ever wanted to know on The Rock 98.5. Get involved in our municipal election process. Go out and vote. There is plenty of opportunities with advance polls on the actual day of the election as well. I want to thank both Mitch and Aaron for joining us on this program, answering the questions. I will uh, advise listeners, yes, our guests so did receive advance warning of these questions. They were the same for each to make things fair and uh, whatnot in relation to that and if you want to hear the other interview or this one in its entirety, if you missed part of it, you can visit therock985.ca and find our audio on demand page, much like you'll be able to find the candidates forum. All you ever wanted to know on The Rock 98.5. Until next time, have yourself a wonderful day and be blessed.